we no one has ice picks anymore no so true once we once we got rid of the ice man i think <laughs> the chance of a lobotomy has gone down significantly <laughs> I guess before you start this episode, pause and we, listen to Always Gold by Radical Face. Oh, uh, pause and listen to Always Gold by Radical Face. Yeah, that's a very good replacement, I think. Um, all the other fan fiction songs, I mean, besides, I guess, Every Time You Touch, but besides that, it's like, what else is it going to be? Predatory Wasp of the Palisades is out to get us. Oh my God. I would say pretty universal. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I haven't listened to that song in years. I've been song, going though. through a bit of a Sufi, like a you know Sufian mm. Renaissance lately. Was um I feel like I wasn't on Tumblr during the like heyday of like Sufian playlist thing, maybe or I don't know. I think I was, but not in the same way. And like, how often was John Wayne Gacy Jr. on? You always saw pal, you know, Palisades, Palisades, oh, yeah. um, and. John, my beloved, just constantly. Yeah. Doesn't help that John Locke was big. <laughs> no. I imagine it also doesn't help that Cass has blue eyes. Uh, it's kind of eyes. like a double ship whammy. And one of oh, the Merlin man. boys must have blue eyes. Didn't Merlin have blue eyes? They both might have blue eyes. Okay. Anyways, hello and welcome back to Bait, a queer baiting podcast. Uh, I'm Maj. I'm Zoe. And today we're doing something a little different, a little special. Um, We are going to cover some of your requests that we wouldn't do a full episode for normally. It's like a mini low effort episode to tide us over until like season three proper, which we can say is formally on the way. Yeah, I think it's formally on the way. We've got a, we've even got a social media account again. I'm not going to tell you what or where it is, actually. You're going to have to find it organically. First on the up up to bat is one that people have been requesting from us since we started this podcast. Yeah. Wow. Almost three years ago. But yeah, so we are going to talk about Jarchi. Yeah. Should we give a brief, like, what is Yeah, let's give a brief overview. So um, if you've been living under a rock... Uh, Jarchi is the ship of Jughead Jones and Archie Andrews from the, I would say, like, cultural revolution uh, known as Riverdale. I mean, technically, you could say from the Archie comics. Yeah. Cool thing that existed in 1941. I don't care about about it. power. Yeah. No, I mean, it came about. I mean, technically... I guess we should quickly, okay, Archie's weird fantasy. Yeah. Roberto, yeah. at this point, it's become, I just want to say we were like one of the first people to find we, out about that shit. So weird to see like like last year, people being like yes. TJLC, the Jarchi Long Kong. I coined that term. We me. coined that on like, on like, yeah, on like me and Ari's blog that we had when I was like a sophomore. We have like a ghost pilot episode out there. Of, yes. a, of a Riverdale recap podcast that we recorded back in my like studio apartment that we decided was too mean to ever see the light of day. You're the only one who saw it's that. And like, I think the Maestrad episode is like still on your computer because like we don't have a Maestrad episode. 
No, we recorded it. Do we never do we No, talk you're gaslighting. We've never done a mic. <laughs> Are you thinking of something else? Are we talking? My Stratas and like Mycroft and Lestrade. Yeah, we recorded. We've those. never done that. You're gaslighting. Me. No, we did. We did it in. I did it in sure of the, when I was in a co-op when I was 19. I have a picture of the meal I ate while we recorded. We did it. not talk about My Stratas. We know did. This. We talked about My Stratas and we talked about um. Name one Moria. thing. One thing that we talked about in the My Stratas. We talked also about um Sebastian Morin. I think we touched on Sebastian Morin. In no, the John this Locke is episode. real. This happened. I, I remember making it. I'm the one with all the files on my computer that did not exist. I know this happened. I was like, I swear Tron to God. The Voltron episode is the one that's still on my computer lost to time. The uh, what? The Voltron episode. Oh, Voltron's lost. No, but I remember this. I remember this. I, do, I don't. I don't. I remember, remember we talked this. about Sherlock Double O Q crossovers because I'd read. We those talked about that, that in the Double O Q episode. No, no, no this you're... was different. I'm not gaslighting you. This is real. <laughs> I like. I'm dead certain that this happened. I'm gonna, I remember... look. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. I remember us recording it shit. and being like, "We're talking a little bit too much about like weirdos on the internet, and this isn't gonna get public, like, like put out." Like, I remember while we recorded it, thinking. Okay. Remember that? Don't remember my strad. I will look for it though. Anyway, so yes, Archie's weird fantasy was Archie's a play. I forgot all the context on it. I used to know it very well. It's a play that Roberto Aguirre Sacasa wrote when he was like in college or recently out of college because he's also a playwright, as are most TV writers actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve Yaki. Steve Yaki is like a queer playwright. <laughs> I fucking love him. That is essentially, I actually don't think it is in any way confirmed that Jughead and Archie get together in mm-hmm. Archie's Weird Fantasy. My understanding is that Archie becomes gay and is involved with like either Leopold or Loeb. Or like, Loeb. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two of them, which gets named up in the show a bunch. Um, and he got sued by Archie Comics. He does. He, he falls. Okay. So he comes at his game, moves to New York, uh, falls in with Leopold and Loeb and is like friends with them and then moves to Manhattan to share an apartment with Jughead. Whoa. That's like much other, like other. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa later went to write into Riverdale. Yes. Archie's I, fantasy, you could say, of moving into an apartment in New York with Jughead. In Alphabet City. <laughs> and where are the girls? Roommates on Madison Avenue. He got a, this play, I think, never premiered. No, um, happened. There's pictures. Okay, yes. But, but the they day, got cease and yeah, pretty early on, got a cease and desist from Archie Comics. And now he runs it. So now he runs it. You two kids. Living the dream. I know. I, I am obsessed so with him and everything he does. I wish, I really think he should have um, gotten gotten a turn to run Supernatural. I agree. And I feel like he could have, he was in such close proximity. Like he he worked on Glee and he worked yeah. on like a million, like he's a CW guy. Like Riverdale quoted Angels Ugh. in America in like the finale. Archie was like, it's the threshold of revelation, Jughead. And I was like, I will say, here's my chart sheet credits. In 2018, my college friends gave me a t-shirt. I love that shirt. I know. I don't know where it is. It's either at school or at home. I I should have worn it for this. That has um, a screenshot of the episode, the ultimate Jarchi episode, which is when, uh, it's actually, I think, one of the best episodes of the entire show, which is when they rescue Archie from prison. 
I love that episode. It's so good. I'm like, the game is the thing. And like, oh, it was so cool. And every, everyone was in it and they were all having so much fun. And that was a great string of episodes. I think that was right after the Midnight Club. A great season. A really great season. Um, But, uh, and we predicted so many of those plot points, which was crazy. Um, But Archie, like, it's like him falling into the the bunker and there's like a ladder and it's all in like blue light. It's like actually a really gorgeous shot and it's Jughead like holding him and my friends put under it Angels in America, a gay Fantasia on national themes. And it's like a shirt and I like do wear it in public. I think about that shirt like every day of my life. People see um. it, everyone I know, I, I can wear it in public because people think it's an Angels in America shirt. <laughs> Like everyone's like, well, isn't that really from Angels in America? Like, isn't that Andrew Garfield? And I'm like, no, it is from Riverdale. Look closely. And then they see the beanie and that's what gives it away. I have the Jughead beanie. Um. I forgot about that. <laughs> Physically, you look like Jughead. Oh God, one of the one of the meaner anonymous messages I've ever gotten. <laughs> anyway. But let's let's get into how should how how could we describe Jarchi? It's childhood great... friends yeah and then from different different sides of the tracks this is the thing about jarchi it has all the setup of a great queer bait without mm-hmm. like not to you know to give it away too early but like without being one jughead and art you know like their their childhood best friends right before the first first episode they've like had a feud and fallen out and Jughead feels like broken up with by him and left. Jarchi's like an all-American boy who's like, I don't know, Ronnie, do I choose football or music? Um, and Jughead's living in the school closet like- because <laughs> his um his mom moved and like with and took his sister, and his dad is like a gang member. None of the He later joins this gang. Yeah. <laughs> it gets the season one is a completely different beast. Yeah. It is a completely different show. And I think that's season one was where the Jarchi bait felt like the strongest and the most real. Like as a, ooh, is this going to happen? Because, ooh, Archie went into the diner that night looking for the girl next door. He but found inst- me. <laughs> it's so good. And it's the really good. Are like, Archie, Jacket has like the nightmare that they're all in like 1950s regalia. And then Archie's like, dude, why'd you stab me in the back? And then he turns around and there's like the knife sticking out of him. And then Jughead wakes up in his closet and he's like, I, Jughead Jones, sleeping in my closet. And I think is despite Jughead being the one who's like an outsider and a loner and sleeps in like lives in the closet, literally, and has this 1950s nightmare. Archie is the gay one. Oh, like, for <laughs> sure. But it's because, like, KJ Appa's insane and can't act. It's because KJ Appa is putting 90%, like, there's that post that was, like, KJ yes. Appa putting 90% of his acting abilities into maintaining an American accent. Wow, Ronnie, nice rock. I wish I had a husband. <laughs> I love it. It's so true. That post is history. Here's top three history. No, top four Riverdale history posts. That we could have had a good life together, Archie's dad. <laughs> Fucking good life. I can't quit UFP. Two. That's a- I don't know about all this big city stuff, no. but I want Jughead to be, my, to girlfriend. be my boyfriend. 
and his girlfriend. Um, Crucial. I want Jughead to, Jughead be, my to be my girlfriend. That's and then and then totally lost to time, which is my absolute favorite. Mm. Which is I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, so you might have to edit this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Betty's homophobic mom. Betty, isn't your boyfriend some type of Betty? Mom, oh my mom, god, oh my- you can't say that. <laughs> I quote that every day. She has the most deadpan voice, but her eyes are doing like like bu- like bugging out of her head, <laughs> and her eyebrows are going up and down. But her voice, she's like, mom, oh my god, like it's so funny. And I think, but, like, going past season one, most of the Jarchi bait, we put, put being bait in quotations because we both agreed it's not queer bait, but, like, the Jarchi moments and the subtext. I don't like using the word subtext. It makes me f- sound like, you know, like a 30-year-old who wishes we could all go back to forums um, <laughs> and who still calls it, like, slash. You know, I just want to say bait. Um, but, no, Archie, but I think subtext is a good word for Riverdale. It is. Because subtext implies something deliberate that you're meant to read in but mm-hmm. like won't be text or I don't know because subtext is, is a big ev- key word for this episode today despite everyone- it making me feel like the director girl from the musical supernatural episode <laughs> oh my gosh yeah, you super dead stop- <laughs> quick tangent she's super dead I know Chuck killed her no it- like it, it all comes from like KJ Appa being insane yeah, and like and like just having off the walls chemistry with like every man he acts opposite and, and no chemistry Lily. whatsoever with Camilla Mendes. Yeah. He has chemistry even with Lily Reinhardt. He had yeah. chemistry with, um, with what's her face who played Duke. Ashley Murray. He had chemistry with the girl who played Valerie. Like it's yeah. not that he doesn't have chemistry with women. It's that he it's, doesn't it's have chemistry with Camilla, Camilla Mendes. <laughs> they have uh, who nothing. Plays, who plays Veronica, Archie's like yeah. end game love interest um you don't know that barchi could still happen barchi hive <laughs> i i'm like constantly rooting for barchi but also bughead because they have the most exciting plot lines they they do. i love whenever they do insane like because they're they're always doing fun stuff yeah i think when the show was like bughead veggie and um joe's archie or whatever that was kind that of that was the, the strongest I- yeah. yeah those were the ideal pairings because like everything else is so boring i mean it was just mm-hmm. like veronica and archie are are so so boring together so boring. And, like so unfun to watch but like the thing is that riverdale builds up homoerotic tension between everyone i because would say it's because it's gay pe- like the, the writer the people writing the show are gay people having fun yeah, it's just funny. And like they have it's, a lot of gay characters. Like it's it's funny. Cheryl's ancestor and Betty's ancestor had sex a few episodes ago. Like, and Cheryl, yeah. Cheryl's ancestor's name was Penny, and Betsy's ancestor's name was Bitsy. And she had a homophobic Catholic abusive husband Ugh. named Jack, who she played by Cole Sprouse, who she murdered. And I like, love Riverdale. It's, it's so fun. <laughs> I think, and it was like the '60s, and Kevin accused Cheryl of being a communist and had her arrested. God, and like people accuse Riverdale of queer baiting with for like whatever, namely whenever Choni breaks up. Um, yeah, and or like, like you guys queer bait by Choni not dating. No, and it's so stupid. <laughs> Like, I, I, g- gay characters not doing what you want is not queer baiting. 
when they're like, don't why know how is- to explain that to you. When they're like, why is Cheryl being crazy? I'm like, when has she not been? That she's the most fun when she's crazy. You're right. Dry- I think you put it best. The, the way to look at Riverdale. You put it best when you said that Riverdale is Brechtian. It, it is, is Brechtian. It's Brechtian. Like, you're not, these characters are not like, you know, people. They're not fully realized people. No. Like, They're like tropes doing things. Archie and Jughead have barely spoken to each other in like seasons. They don't really hang out. You have to want to see a relationship yeah. between them. There's always good Karchi. I love a good Karchi <laughs> moment. Fucking love Karchi. I really like, thought, you know, with the jailbreak episode, that was that was a moment where I felt like Archie was going to happen. Oh yeah, when they were when they were like hanging out that whole time and, and they were like like Archie had like a bullet wound. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin was like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Is there anything more we have to say on on Jarchi? It's just not clearbaiting. It's, it's, it's not. Sorry. I honestly I think it's you know, dare I say. It's much more like camp to watch Riverdale as it is straight and be like having fun with the like relationships that are presented. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, the thing is at the risk of sounding like an annoying lesbian who's just come out and is like on Twitter, Jughead is like, you know, like a, like a dyke power fantasy. And Veronica (laughs) is a drag queen. Like... (laughs) honestly that's like the start of your think <laughs> that's so true i agree with you especially yeah 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 i super agree and like everyone's overblown and like yeah i mean even like like cheryl like cheryl is not a lesbian cheryl is a gay man's fantasy of a lesbian yes like- exactly but yeah if you want Jarchi, then you should watch Katie Keene for the drag queen character and his firefighter boyfriend. And literally, like, if you want Jarchi, like, watch Riverdale and read Jarchi onto it or, like, read Jarchi fanfic. Yeah. But, like, the yeah. show itself is read not our- <laughs> read Read your, your Riverdale finale spec script. Yeah, read my, read the scripts I wrote. That Riverdale presents college- Cabaret, I think one of the best things ever oh my written. God. My two of my college friends found it and it was like two of my straight guy friends and they were I told you about this yes and they were just like they were like yeah Jughead and Archie kissed and it didn't they and I was like you don't get the cultural context that made me write that oh I did I did love our our era of writing Riverdale fan theories and spec scripts I so miss fun. Christopher Gimbel's every day of my goddamn <laughs> life that's such a I deep miss- cut Crevin was the, the amount of times I would like walk around listening to like the owl and the tanager being like, man, I'm so sad that Christopher Gimbel's got killed off. <laughs> like he was an R made up OC that we all said we then killed off. Within breaths of his existence. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. You really shouldn't be listening to bait pod. If the word, if the name Christopher Gimbel's Crevin or Max von Trenk, <laughs> means nothing to you <laughs> if those <laughs> ring a bell you have a right to be here God, if not get the was fuck the out fucking gone done Jarchi done all right another request that we get a lot um i get one like once once every couple months uh is for <laughs> is for dead poet society um 
And that I feel like we can just pretty clearly say right off the bat, as I've done whenever I get the ask, that's not queer bait. That's just a gay movie. Yeah, it's like a movie from the 80s that's trying to talk about what it is to be a gay child without overtly talking about it. There's enough like think pieces about how Dead Poet Society is gay. We can link the like yeah. essay in this. I'm episode. finding I'm finding that one that yeah, we if quote if, every time. If um, Neil was straight, he yeah, would have by, played by, Hamlet, and his father would have told him he did a good job and said he played. Instead, Puck he, he played Puck and he kills himself. You know, it's like yeah, you know, it was the '80s. People, you know, this was not the most closeted time of all time. But like, you know, it's still very different cultural and media landscape than we have today. Yeah. It was a very different kind of movie. Um, yeah. It's like, it's also like, you know, the whole thing was about this, this secret, this, you know, love, this passion that Neil had that, you know, he felt that his parents couldn't understand. There was like, if it was, if, you know, if it really was about acting um, and it was like, you know, he plays Hamlet and his dad loves it. And like, but like <laughs> Pitts and Meeks were like in the background doing their thing. Then you could make an argument for that being queer bait. But like, <laughs> it's yeah. the central focus of the movie. It's like yeah. very different. It's very However, like- Charlie. Charlie validated a generation of bisexual girls. <laughs> <laughs> he uh. did so much. Yeah, and it's like they're trying to talk about something and they like don't know how to talk about it. And it, it's it's way more about like ne- like Neil and Todd is definitely like mm-hmm. implied in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's more about like Neil as a gay character yeah. than it is about that relationship. Yeah. Like th- yeah, like the heart of that movie is, you know, about the ways that people were oppressed in the 50s. Like and it's like sad that this young gay child takes his own life. Like that's that's the essence of the story. Exactly. Sorry for not like summarizing Dead Poet Society and also spoiling it. Like, yeah, sorry, but it it's been out for a really long time. Like a really long time, and you're all on Tumblr. Like you know what happens. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a good movie. I think everyone should watch it. Like, it's, it's one of a my really good movie. Movies. I haven't watched it this year. I should do that I tonight. I think I've watched it since I first saw it. Actually. God, I, I watch it every year. It's just so devastating. It's, but uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Not queer yeah. bait. Not even a little bit queer bait. I think my, I always tell you, what I think happens after Dead Poet Society is I think Todd drops out or like gets expelled because I think, you know, they expelled everyone anyway for who's like stood up. Um, <laughs> the table. Yeah, I think, I think Todd... It moves in with Charlie and they get like an apartment and it's just like, and they have like a relationship, but they both know that they're like, you know, poor substitutes for Neil. Uh, it's a very tumultuous time. And then um, Pitts and Meeks are like happy at MIT <laughs> and are like in a domestic partnership and like get married when it becomes legalized in Massachusetts. Yeah, but not, but, like- but not like after first having a tasteful commitment ceremony. <laughs> That all the um, all the dead poets are invited to, including Cameron, and which nobody is happy about. But like they're like, "Hey, come on!" He was like part of the gang. All right, we ready? The to... movie. Yeah. You wanna move on? Oh God! All right. Are you ready? Like emotionally? Oh. <laughs> uh, this right. could be an episode. This could. I was. That's why I left it off the list originally. Is it could be an episode. 
Because there's a lot there. Like, not, like, in the thing itself, but, like, with the amount people have read into it over the years. Yeah. I think we could touch on it now. We might have a future episode that delves more into this if we can get a guest. But a lot of people have also requested that we talk about uh, Les Mis. EXR. EXR. Just the dumbest ship name I think I've ever heard. I think Angel Tear is something people have also said. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Oh, God. So that's uh, pronouncing French names. It's going to be a nightmare. I remember. Um, Well, like, the Les Mis fandom, because there was, like... I was never in it, but I feel like I married in through friendship with you and, and mm-hmm. someone that I like pseudo internet dated when I was 16, um, if that can be called dating. So I know there was like to like, okay, there was, there was, can you like, you're wrong about me on this one? Yeah. I, can I will tell you what this. I know. And then you tell me what happened. I haven't researched okay. this. Okay. So there was on, on your is and, and Grant hair and Honoris is, is Aaron Tveit, and he is the head of the students, and Grantaire is, like, the, the drunk, and I remember there was Fanon that he was either a boxer or an artist, or one of them was. Someone was an artist, <laughs> or maybe a boxer, and they, he, he loved, he's ugly, but he's always cast as a hot guy, and he loves Honoris, but Honoris is, like, the revolutionary and doesn't care about him and is like like asexual or something or maybe just gay and I know there is discourse on that like I can only fucking imagine um and is very beautiful unlike Grantaire who is who is ugly and there's some Greek parallel between them at some point in the bat book and then he asks him if 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 he can die holding his hand and then they get shot by the soldiers because he's like, sure, you can die holding my hands. But then there was also like the other guys, like there was like Kufrak and <laughs> Con- I only know how to pronounce Kufrak because they sing it and I've seen yeah. them as Convafair maybe. And there was, I remember Muzaketa was like, like a big thing. She was in like a polycule. Two of them go two of the guys, and then I know yeah, one of them like, was bald in like all the fan art. Turn, turn, turn fair. fair. I knew about that, and I know there uh, was words with um the uh. Then there was on 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 Janine. Wow. Yeah. But then also like then Eponine kind of got absorbed into like eyeliner is sharp enough to kill a man. Oh, absolutely. She and did. And then they shift her. Then there was that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's what I remember. You pretty much nailed it. I think it's also very crucial for our our listeners out there um, who may perchance not be well-versed in Les Mis, if if you're listening. um, These characters are such a tiny, tiny fraction of this musical and of the, like, original book, even an even smaller fraction of the original book. Um, Yes. Most of the musical is about a completely different plot and completely different guys that do not even interact with Angelas like and Grantaire. I remember my friend all. who was very online and who made me be very online was mm-hmm. in Les Mis when we were in high school and she played um, Gavroche. 
and she had a crush on the guy who played Javert. Uh, they were the same age. Um, and very funny. <laughs> and then actually, oh, our our Valjean dated our, his Cosette, and our little Cosette dated her Marius. Um, oh my all god! Because it, it was high wow. school, they were all Yeah, but that's still really funny. It was so weird. But she and you're in really- town. I I as a hope my ex boyfriend played uh my mr cladwell no <laughs> yeah this is like fresh this was like fresh after we'd broken up after i dumped him after having an emotional affair at theater camp i love being like gay theater kids it's like the ideal way to just be messy by like oh, it's so funny um but she was i remember she was like everyone on tumblr really cares about honors and grand hair and like Sure, they're whatever, but like Valjean and Javert is where I'm really with her. Be. I know. I'm I think she's so her. right. Also, Javert has a- the whole like ballad about like, where is he? <laughs> He's out there somewhere. <laughs> I must in the dark. <laughs> I think people should have done to Javert what they did to like the Phantom and Kylo Ren. <laughs> God, bad boy Javert. <laughs> like he should have been like daddy dom like why why did that never happen i mean i'm sure it did but like why didn't white women attach themselves to him in the same way god i wish that people made like poorly scraped the filing numbers off like javert self-insert fan fiction and then like published it yes like i'm a I'm a French urchin. Named- <laughs> I'm, one of the, I'm one of the prostitutes from down by the docks. My name is Chatine. <laughs> one day I was about to be beaten up by a customer, but I showed that I was tough and scrappy and I fought him up. And then who should step to my defense but Inspector Javert? <laughs> but the thing is, it has to be dark and trusted. Like he like oh. arrests her. Oh, yeah. Like- for like beating up the customer. Yeah, he den. slut shames her a bunch. This is just like this is this is just like an alternate universe. If like Fontaine went with Javert instead, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I would I would read that book ten times better than whatever I imagine Lame is. Is I've never read it and I never will. Oh my god! But yeah, so the Lame is movie starring Hugh Jackman. And Russell Crowe um, came out in December of 2012. So this was like in it. This was like Sherlock had just gone on hiatus, you know, <laughs> like Supernatural was in like season eight, maybe. Um, yeah. Or it might have been like season seven, which would really explain. This. Yeah. It was like the heyday of, you know, super Hulock yeah. and associated fandoms and like, but very big them, shipping culture but none of them might have been they might have all not been putting out content at this point yes um yes because season i know for seven, sure sherlock was on hiatus yeah, um, supernatural season eight would have like just started and sherlock and so, was on hiatus and so you know this movie comes out it's a musical theater kids love it of course um and then there's all these cute boys, cute French revolutionary boys wearing like curly wigs. None of them. And are... everyone goes fucking crazy. In retrospect, and not even to be like woke about this, besides Aaron Tveit, none of them were attractive. No. Like even a little. No. 
they all had like bad period appropriate hair <laughs> which which i respect i know then, i really i then love Aaron to vape is just like out there oh, he was in that wig i remember Aaron to vape his little curly uh, blonde wig and so everyone like lo- kind of lost their minds oh, yeah. at the sheer potential of all of these sh- i found i was i went looking for the post and i found it um the thesis, oh, I, I think, of Lemis was Tumblr user Lonely Room MP3 said Victor Hugo failed in his duty to visit a psychic before writing it. It would have warned him that 150 years in the future, his decision to include nine shippable twinks as minor characters in his magnum opus would lead to the development of one of the most insufferable fandoms of the 21st century. That's so true. Wait sidebar but i just watched this with my friends have you seen in in recent memory the geronimo music video no you know the song that's like who's in it say geronimo yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah i'm I'm familiar i feel like we had to sing that like a shot shot recreation of lamez except they're like in and it came out at like the same time and they're like in like the oh my god wait no i do remember this now yes and they're doing like musical theater acting and they're like say geronimo (laughs) like it's so it also came out around what also came out around the same time was the imagine dragons song that was i think radioactive was it where it was like it's a revolution uh people like and like the hunger games would have been happening oh yeah countless countless amvs oh I can but yeah people went absolutely crazy for these like nine assorted shippable twinks any combination whatsoever and like besides Ross and grantaire who had like kind of personalities you know one was like oh he Ross is like the leader who's like no i'm too busy with the revolution to fuck and Grantaire, who was like, his thing was, he was like the cynic. And he's like, I don't think your revolution's going to work, but I'm still trying to fuck. Everyone else was just kind of, you could make up or boil them down to one defining like fan and character trait. And like, I, everyone's like, oh no, it's from the, it's from the brick. It's from the brick, as they called it. Um, I remember the brick. Oh, the brick. But I don't know. I think they all just made them up. Oh, for and- sure. I feel like they also could have made up boys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they could have max tricked it. <laughs> like, do you really think there were that many, like, Shehans or whatever? Or like, like, Jolies or, like, whatever. Like, no, you made them up. Like, after There's got to point... be some made up boys in there. So easy to slip in an OC because everyone was always, everyone was always so crazy for being like, oh, there's a new, new shippable character that we could add to the Matrix. And, like, everyone was like, Oh, I've read the book. I'm not a fake fan. I've read it. I'm not a fake fan. I can at least vouch for myself as someone who'd claimed to have read it, did not read it. I'm sure like 90% of the other 14 year olds out there who claim to have read the Les Mis book for like, you know, street cred in the day did not read it. And I know well, we're going like- to get a bunch of like asks about it, but people being like, I was a very precocious 14 year old and I did read Les Mis. <laughs> to you, I say you have wasted your childhood. And I hope that now you like look back on those days that you could have spent like being happy and enjoying your carefree childhood before like the crushing reality of an, being an adult at the end of the world set in. And you were reading Les Mis. 
first of all you were doing math homework and second (laughs) of all like oh please and like if you read it you didn't understand it so like like I read books now and I don't understand them and I'm like in college and an English major or whatever like people on Twitter were like I was so precocious I like read Great Expectations when I was eight I'm like wow my god should we have a party should someone call Matilda it was something it was just it was a sandbox doesn't he like didn't he like record um yes I was I did I watched this in, in research to pull it up so yeah George Bladston, the actor who played Grant Hare in the movie recorded um a cover of i will follow you into the dark from the perspective of grand air to enjolras um like change the lyrics and stuff and he put i remember it was like a thing he like put it on his like vimeo with like a password like a, a like a year after the movie came out as like an anniversary thing and the password was like uh like abc cafe or something which was the name of the thing and everyone went lost their minds over it that's queer baby <laughs> I'll say that much. That's queer rating. And I think it's really funny because he did that. Aaron Tafate, I had, I can say with full confidence, no idea of anything oh, that was going certain. on. Well, it's like, Aaron Tafate had enough of a character and enough of a career that he could have like done his own like dramaturgy mm-hmm. and got his own attention and like was on the Oscars or whatever if you're in that type of role that is so small, like you have to invent shit like that. And, and that's how he, Misha Collins made a career. I know. <laughs> like you're all just pale imitations of Misha <laughs> Collins. And like, also mm. like, if you, yeah, like you're an actor who's not famous and you want to keep yourself relevant. Like that's a great, I don't know. It's a great way to do it. Yeah. Like use social media. That's not the, the, the media itself queerbaiting you. That's an yeah. actor trying to get twitter followers which like i guess is queer baiting but also it's not and no. also like and it was kind of fun <laughs> yeah maybe we'll do an episode because it's clearly like a lot to talk about like yeah. i want to talk about musicata <laughs> oh god let's yeah we'll table this for now i want to do this but an episode that's a deep dive into like the barricade boys as it was fan- known fandom history Oh God. On to the highly requested. This is the this is the ship of the moment. This is totally. like what's hot on the block right now. I talked to someone really recently who was like, everyone's watching that show really just because they think the boys will be gay. And I'm like, that's not why people are watching <laughs> that show. Holly, Holly texted me um and was like something about succession. Um, and she's like, oh, I heard like a big queer ship just went canon. And I'm like, there's so many, I'm like, and I was just kind of speechless about it. I'm like, I don't, each word in that sentence, (laughs) there are so many layers and nuances (laughs) to every, every word you just said and why it's kind of wrong. But I also like, (laughs) I can't fully argue. (laughs) We're talking about Tom Gregg. Of course, I get yeah. an ask requesting this every day. And so Tom Greg is Tom Wamsgans and cousin Greg from the HBO prestige drama Succession. <laughs> and it's, here's a crucial thing here. 
Succession is like a good show, not just in the fact that like it's it is a good show that is fun like, and interesting to watch. Like Riverdale is a good sh- is a good show because it's fun and interesting to watch, and I think it's very you know it has very clever moments. But like Succession is like it has what you would like talk to your coworker about. Like middle aged gay people who live on the Upper West Side watch Succession for the performances. Like it's a yeah. normal show. It's it's on HBO. They keep winning Emmys. It's considered the best thing on television. Like people like say it's the best thing on television. And it probably is. And like I feel like I'm like afraid to take definitive stances on like what's going on with Tom Gregg mm-hmm. because like everyone has like it's not niche. Like if you ask anyone who watches the show, they'll be like, yeah, there's something weird going on with Tom and Greg. And there's all these articles about it and like all the reviews comment on it. Like no one's playing dumb. No one's saying like, well, they have a connection, but I wouldn't yeah. define it as no, romantic. Like, no saying that. Because I wouldn't define it as romantic. <laughs> I would define it as fucked up and psychosexual but also at times it's strangely tender in moments too which is which is what's bonkers especially in the most recent season Mm -hmm. but like it's a psychosexual game of cat and mouse and it switches up at all times and it's like so good it's so good and like it's not queer baiting like I don't know maybe it'll evolve if the show goes downhill but it feels like from the first episode of the show, they made a very deliberate choice to write this episode that way. And it's definitely like a power thing. And it's like being written as like, oh, Tom comes on to Greg to assert his power over Greg. And it's part of the like fucked up games you have to play in corporate mm-hmm. America. And, and then, then it's it, all, but it also kind of like evolves into like yeah. Tom's marriage with Shiv is, oh yeah, okay. Also crucial details. So, uh, so Tom, Tom is married. Tom is married to Shivroy, who is um, the cousin of cousin Greg. That is the yes. cousin relation here. Um, yeah, they're not cousins. It's his wife's no. first cousin once removed. It's a very appropriate. I mean, it's inappropriate because there's like massive power <laughs> and age problems. But, but like, <laughs> he's not Tom's cousin. No, they're not cousins. Yeah. And but so his so like Tom's relationship with like Shiv is like going downhill and it's mm-hmm. like and he's Tom is like looking for like a someone and like a replacement and like tenderness in a place where he can find it and it's also coming out on like you know using Greg as like a wife as well as like a sexually harassed employee yeah and it's like I need a play like everyone has underlings in the show everyone has mm-hmm. people they can talk down to and like Shiv Shiv's is Tom fundamentally and Tom's yeah. is Greg but like and this is not to you know spoil the end of the season for those who have because they're a really good season and really good mm-hmm. twists but like yeah Tom looks out for Greg in a way that Shiv never looks out for Tom and basically no one else ever looks out for their underling and thus he has his loyalty because he has his love and like it's like crazy and not you don't see it coming but they they develop it very gradually but it is truly like all about like it's all about like power in America and like the bonds that white men form with each other like their relationship is gay it's also extremely like sinister and evil and like I don't think they're gonna have sex I think they'll have a threesome with a prostitute yes this is my theory I yeah (laughs) can I I go into this yeah yeah yeah. my here's 
this is what I've been saying about Tom Gregg since, you know, the end of season two, when people are like, do you think Maj, the internet's resident expert on queer baiting since Zoe left, do you think Tom and Greg are going to fuck? And I said, yes, in the context, they have a threesome, wake up in the morning, or Greg wakes up in the morning specifically, super hazy, what's going on, Tom, Tom, what's happened? What? I don't remember <laughs> anything from last night. And the girl is dead. And Tom is like, hey, man, you, you just went crazy and you killed her, Greg. Greg, you killed her. Um, but don't worry, I'll keep this a secret for you. I'll cover this up. You don't need to tell anyone. Just, you know, our little secret. And the reality is Tom drugged Greg the night before, roofied him before they fell asleep. And then he murdered the girl and then convinced and then will gaslight Greg into thinking that he committed this murder in order to like buy his silence. It'll definitely also be at a point in which like Greg is maybe trying to leave Tom again for what yeah. he's always like trying to leave Tom for certain reasons. Originally, be like, oh, he'll always have to stay. Oh, yeah. Originally in this theory, it was like, you know, like a stripper or some random girl. Um, now I think it's going to be uh, Dasha's character. <laughs> oh my God. I fully believe it. So possible. It'd be so funny. Oh my I'm God. like putting, He'll be you like, know, Greg, how could you do this? Greg, Greg? You killed that girl, Greg. <laughs> Greg, I can't believe you. <laughs> oh. He'd be like, and if a person were to, were to kill someone, what, hypothetically um, speaking. I think I might've, I might've committed a, a minor act of, first degree murder <laughs> what's the thing that's like um it's like the post about succession and i forget what it is but it's like all- <laughs> I, I have somehow become wedged <laughs> not to be a bother but i have somehow become wedged in the ceiling fan <laughs> oh god has chris fleming done a succession bit i feel like he could do a really good cousin greg oh bit. my god now I want to watch Chris Fleming. Ugh. Someone should accuse Chris Fleming of queer baiting so we can cover him. Oh, yes, please. But yeah, Tom Gregg verdict, not queer bait. Something is going to happen. So they're building to like, there's going to be some sort of tipping point, some sort of like big moment of what I think is betrayal. I think it's going to be some sort of betrayal. I Up until like literally the most recent episode, I was like, Greg will betray Tom. Tom will choke Greg out. It will be filmed like a sex scene. Greg will wake up the next day after Tom has left over his body and they will literally never talk about it again. Now I feel you know, like- Hey, hey, alternate take for the prisoner. I know it's literally like <laughs> it works for Supernatural, but um, I, I feel like I don't want to give anything away because it was so good. After okay. this season, they seem very rock solid. Mm, like scary. Like I think they're gonna be evil, but I think they're gonna be evil together. I don't know. That's just my I'm so take. excited about this. Yeah, we <sighs> could eat our words on Tom Greg. I have no Who idea. Who knows? But it's exciting. And I'm gonna stick to my threesome gaslighting murder theory. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've learned that if I just put a statement out there and I stick to it, parts of it come true. <laughs> so true all right yeah yeah. tom greg is still up in the air so much going on 
can't definitively say how it's gonna get how it's gonna go either way but so. it feels like we'd be too somehow too terminally online were we to do an episode on it yeah it's just good it's an interesting dynamic it's not queer rating it's also not queer rating because crucially it's not queer rating because hbo does not need your gay money the gay mm-hmm. money that they want and need is like zoe said like older gay men who live on the upper west side who watch it for the performances <laughs> like like not 19 year olds on their like you know family's hbo account literally and it's also just like i not to like imply that people in the world are class but mm-hmm. they're too class to like do cheap fan service like it's a good tv show yeah they don't fan service it's like actually unbearable to watch and nothing you want to happen happens yeah oh, man i know we've also gotten a couple requests to do um mac dennis and i've said it before on tumblr putting my statement here so everyone knows it is not over until the fat lady sings i've never watched it's always sunny in philadelphia i don't know anything about them i have no investment in mac dennis um all i know is that i am not making that same mistake again of recording an episode before a show is done yeah i'm not you know i am don't want to have to do three episodes <laughs> On Mac Dennis. <laughs> we were wrong about Mac Dennis. Because here's the thing. Was happy to do three episodes at Destiel because it's crucial to my life. Yeah. Um, not doing and three Mac Dennis. Quarantine. And it was quarantine. And it was the most riveting, like, cultural moment that has happened to, like, terminally online people in years. Oh, yeah. Maybe ever. Um, <laughs> I'd say ever. <laughs> but... Yeah, we're not doing a Mac Dennis episode until it's definitively over because we're going to get our good friend and, you know, mysterious unseen woman of bait pod Ari on it. Anyway, this last ship that we're going to be talking about today is not something that anyone has ever requested. It is not something that anyone has ever called queer bait or accused of queer bait, of being queer bait. You in the would entire be, existence. Like, delusional and psychotic to call this queer bait. Like you would be <laughs> you'd be out of your fucking mind. It's but like this is something that we just need to talk about. Um it needs to be addressed. Cause you know, yeah. I mean, like maybe we were, you know, tight-knit boys. Brothers in more <laughs> than name. Ugh. Like, I don't know. Maybe I we were opposites at birth. I was studying as a hammer. And I, uh, we're talking um, about Throb. <laughs> throb being um, Theon Greyjoy and Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. How was not a ship. More so it was like a chemical reaction a, in like my brain. Was something that happened... I read Game of Thrones for the attention of someone I had a crush on when I was 17. That didn't work out, but Throb fucking did. Like, oh my god. It just, I'm just speechless. It, it truly is something that rewired my brain chemistry. And I can, I can barely remember, like, why or what the moments were, because the massive moment I remember is just like, where was I? Where was I? I should have died. 
Rob is Theon Greyjoy and Rob Stark. Rob Stark is, I feel like we talked about this probably a little in the Brainy episode. Yeah. Rob, Rob is like the golden child of House Stark. He's the oldest son. He's the heir. He's like, like, you know, warrior. He's a mama's boy. He's like perfect. He's he's beautiful and he's he's the, the Archie Andrews of of Winterfell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, one of the most likable characters in and the most honorable characters in the uh in the book and the show and um and theon is his rat bastard of a best friend (laughs) theon was taken as a child as a hostage uh and raised in winterfell as a prisoner of war and a hostage um because his father like rebelled against Mm -hmm. the crown feels important to say every time theon does something wrong i feel like it's all defensible by like theon was a child hostage being raised by a man who was constantly reminding him he would one day kill him yeah so like i hashtag theon apologist for sure (laughs) theon truly belongs on the list of like top characters of all time list (laughs) consisting of number one castiel um number two i would give to theon Three to Sasuke yeah. and four to Yanto Jones. <laughs> Yanto Jones is like the most care. These are all people who I'm like, it's fine that they did what they did. Like yeah. varying degrees of like, obviously I've not seen Naruto. I'm pretty sure what Theon did was probably the worst of those people. Yeah. Does Sasuke like kill children in cold blood? He wanted to. Um <laughs> I guess Cass does too, but like, but like, if he did, no, he didn't. No, he doesn't. He was, he doesn't remember. He was a lot of ice. He's so crazy. Literally, like, God, sure, blame women. Yeah, no, I mean, Theon killed two children in cold blood to cover up his attempted murder of two other children. But like, it's like, okay, like, but he has anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) He's mentally ill. The post is like he has anxiety and his dick is so big. <laughs> like that's how um, I feel about Theon. Theon is Kylo Ren for people who've read the lesbian master doc. God, it's like Theon was raised as a hostage, and it was like you know a very troubling time for him, of course. But like Rob was his best friend since they were like children. Like this might like that Rob was like the heir to House Stark, and like. Very, was, very important fancy boy. And Theon was a little rat bastard hostage kid. He was his only friend. You had one. You had one friend. Well, t- to be fair, Rob had three friends. <laughs> his- Theon Greyjoy. Um, his half-brother, Jon Snow. Or cousin, but like raised as a half-brother. So I think that's what counts. Yeah. Um, and his mother. And, and all dog. three of them, and his, his dog. dog, his dog, and they, they all fucking, dog. they all fucking hated each other. They hated each other so. They Wait. all wanted each other dead. I think about Emma's post all the time. That's like Rob whenever Theon and John fight. Posts on Facebook like, "What if we were like, what's the? It's like a song lyric. It's like, what if we were airplanes in the night sky? Night sky I like shooting stars. Like, really, he's a witch right now. And then it's like, Catelyn responding like. My boy is such a poet. 
Alton boy, did you write this? It's just good. It's so good. And it's like, you know, the trope of like, oh, Rob is like going to fight and be like the king in the north. And he's like, all important. And Theod is the one who like stands by his side to like fight with him. And oh, when Rob is like, you don't have to call me your grace when no one's around. Hello. What about it's like Theon and I are, it's like, like Rob and I are not so, so foolish as to, as to um, like confine our secrets to, to ravens or something. It's like, I have connected the dots I is what I am saying. Oh. oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. Like, I feel like I, I this podcast always turns me into like a squealing 15 year old, but like Which, Rob. I feel pretty- like, Yeah throb in particular like my god i rewatched like an ancient um throb amv set to to always gold of course before this and i'm just like i also "Ah." just watched it like super crunchy big filter on it oh we watched the same video but like you know they're they're like it it kind of called like rob died like theon betrays rob uh, Mm -hmm. for the approval of his father who he'd like never known because he was taken as a hostage and then the no, devastation, daddy issues and the devastation over that betrayal you know forces rob into the arms of another which leads directly to his, to his death and then when theon finds out about it this is when he says where was i i should have been with him i should have died with him and it's like and theon's trying to do penance to like his betrayal of rob specifically for like the rest of his life and like Later in later seasons, he's like kidnapped by this cartoonishly evil villain um, who also kidnaps Sansa and like he helps Sansa escape. And like he and Sansa have this like, you know, really, really touching arc together. Um, And people were like, oh my God, are they going to get together? And it's so. It's all very Brideshead revisited. It's so Want House. Theon is the most textbook Wanhouse character ever. Yeah, exists. it's like especially because like if you remember in the books, like I guess the show doesn't make it as clear that Sansa and Rob are like extremely close in age. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure she's like twelve and he's like fourteen. Like they're really yeah. close in age, and they are described as the two that look the most alike. Like they both have like bright red hair and they look like Tully's, like their mother. And like I'm just <laughs> and it's it's like and, and like you know he the, was the, the forerunner. <laughs> they're like reunion in the show and their relationship in the show it's very clear like Sansa does see Theon as like an older brother as like a replacement for Rob yeah um and Rob sees Sansa as a replacement Theon sees Sansa as a replacement for Rob as well and like Theon does his like I don't know he ends up over at like the island where John and Daenerys are at doing their plot things um but like he and John have like a moment where they talk about like, you know, the betrayal of the house and stuff. And John was like, you know, like you are a Stark. You've like always been a Stark. And then he died. And when he dies, he dies protecting Bran, Rob's younger brother and like Winterfell, his home. And it's, oh God, it's the, Theon is the only person who had a good arc and then like a good ending. No, it's so true. And they never I can't, compromise. I can't think. I, it, we're not gonna we're not gonna game of thrones right now. Like neither of us have that no, in us. And we did no. the episode already. Yeah. Can't say I'm not even gonna say their names. And their eyes are just gonna get too upset. It's fine. It's like Arya's arc sucked by the yeah. end. Sansa's arc uh, was 
mediocre. Yeah. Sansa's arc was like, it's very, you know, like hashtag girl boss in a very out of character way. But yeah. it's also like she'd been through so much and I was so personally invested in her as a character that I was yeah. like, oh, thank God she deserves it. Yeah, when she stopped mattering, I was like, like, I like exhale. <laughs> but God, my senior year of high school, I was like, you know, out there on eight tracks. I was making my throb playlists on eight tracks. God, writing my, I wrote so much Game of Thrones fan fiction. I like, and I deleted a bunch of them, you know, they're starting to go away, but a bunch of them are still there. And I wrote a lot of, lot of throb. They said Theon was the crooked kind and he would he, never have no words. But he was always gold to rob. Oh my God. Pairing for Throb is like always gold by Radical Face and the entirety of the Oh Hello's discography. Mm, yeah. Like, just, oh, it was good. It was like, it had everything that you needed. Very little yeah. content. Like it's not queer bait, but so much potential. The thing about Throb is like, you had to be there. It was a moment. If you tried to get into Throb now, there's some good like relics, but it's like you're wandering through like a deserted village, you know, but you can tell that this was once a thriving, if not small population. I recommend that you read Stark Family Game Night on AO3. So true. So good. A classic. Nothing like reading countless, countless like modern AUs where it was like th- Theon was just like in their house just all the time. <laughs> He's just his rat bastard of a friend. It's like both Classic. the dramatic and comedic potential of Throb. But like Theon's just some guy who's around. And then also like the like devastation that it wreaks upon them emotionally. God, it's so good. God, I love Throb. I miss it. I really do. It was so I'm going to read Stark Family Game Night after this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great fic. I agree. Great fic. Um, what was I going to say? So I think we're going to wrap up here. But oh, yeah. I just, two little pieces of news that I wanted to, to touch upon. Um, how are we feeling about Good Omen Season 2? I'll tell you how I'm feeling. You'll never be Destio. Wait, is it out? No, it's not out, but like it's been announced. I don't think we've discussed it since it was announced. Oh, yeah, you'll never be dusty. It's yeah, crazy I feel like they, they announced it that they were making a new season like after November 5th. And I'm like, that seems suspicious to me. No, like they'll never be dusty. You'll never. Like if, like, if they, and Crowley got together. Like if they kiss, um, then I'll be like, you're just trying to be dusty. It's also um, like, aren't they based on him and Terry Pratchett? Yeah. Like they're not gonna kiss. They're not gonna kiss. Um, we might eat our words, but they're not gonna kiss. God, we I, were wrong about a zero. F- I won't. Uh, I'll never make that for a zero fail, whatever it's called. We're not gonna. We're not gonna say that we're wrong about everything. Just the things that we were exceptionally wrong about and that we care about. Like we're never gonna make a retraction on our Hannah Graham episode where we got the plot no. factually wrong. Second piece of news. Did you watch the new James Bond movie? I did. I did not. Tell me about gay Q. He was gay. I mean, <laughs> he was gay and the second, you know, how? I wouldn't. How so? He was, he was gay. We found out he was gay because 
James Bond burst into his house and he was like, Q, I need you to hack something for me. And Q was like, I'm getting ready for a date, James Bond, with a man. And James Bond was like, no time. You have to hack something for me. And he was like, oh, bother. I just sleep at the office. And at the end of the movie, James Bond is like dying and Q's like on the phone with him and he's like no James Bond don't die and James Bond is like I have to die put me on with my wife and Q's like okay and then like he cries and Ben Wishaw like acts but like honestly the movie makes you root for him and the girlfriend like I did not think that was possible they also oh because they made the kid like a weird looking I not to be rude to this child actor, but it was like a child actor that like didn't look the way cute child actors are meant to look. Like she was like a weird little girl. So you like liked her and cared about her. Oh, nice. In a way that was not like you're making me care about a child. Like she was like, like she was strange and like just like a weird genderless child. And I don't know. I actually, I loved No Time to Die. I also nice. saw it drunk with a bunch of friends in like in black tie so that's really fun it was awesome you finally got to have your really fun no time to die experience after like almost two years are you getting baited by anything at the moment um or what have you been you know up to watching i've honestly been considering like no media i mean like i i guess i watched a bunch recently like i watched season three of you Oh, so good. It was so good. No, it was awesome. It's such a good, it's the funniest show on television. It's so I'm so excited for whatever they do next season. I really, really, he needs to go gay in the way that the Romans were gay. He needs to be like, I'm over women, but you. (laughs) He needs to date, like, I think we discussed this, either like a very, like, you know, a Brandon Flynn or a guy who looks exactly like him. I can say this. I'm probably going to get I've I'm I've been accused of queer baiting and homophobia in my own art because I'm currently, <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this. I'm currently directing Hamlet right now. It has been very difficult with like actors, um, ASMs, SMs, people on my design team. Not in that any of them are doing anything wrong. Like I'm the only one doing something wrong because like I was so online and like so aware of like the Hamlet Horatio stuff and the guy playing Horatio is like very straight and and the person playing Hamlet knows about it but is normal fundamentally there's no way to stage it where it's not homoerotic but like now we're at a point when I'm like am I gonna break COVID regulations so that he can forehead kiss him and the thing is like maybe um it's been crazy I've had meetings and like I've been in rehearsals and people are like why are you being so homophobic about this right now and I'm like I just like can't open up doors to freaks and then I'm like not that I think gay people are freaks (laughs) and it's so awkward because it's like my friend who knows about it and then my other friend who like is just like so straight and has never been on the internet and like just he's been on the internet but like not enough and not enough to know about this and like he's like well of course they love each other like sometimes men just have romantic feel like romantic friendships and I'm like yeah so true one time he used the word like this moment he was like this moment is so tender between them 
And Sophie, who played Hamlet, looked at me and was like, was like, I thought you would kill him in that moment. And I was like, no, like, I know he's an innocent. But anyway, that's been my, you can, you go cut as much of this as you want, Maj. But like, oh, no, I, I love hearing about this. Yeah, it's that's been my real queer baiting in my life has been navigating how to semi homoerotically direct the play Hamlet when I walked into Hamlet being like, I think Horatio's straight. And I even like have him flirt with Ophelia at points. And, like in the movie Ophelia. Oh my god, literally. Can we see like, Ridley? Like, oh, we're all gonna watch it. That's like gonna be our cast. Uh, but like amazing. I've like added that in and it just made it worse somehow. Like somehow that made it seem more gay. <laughs> anyway that's that's where I am that's what I wish you luck getting queer baited by myself and my own horrible behavior and choosing to direct Hamlet like a fucking maybe this is like how the showrunners of Supernatural felt oh like definitely (laughs) I just want the money of 12 year old girls (laughs) Uh, but um um let's see I have been Ooh, I've been watching Yellow Jackets, which is Ooh, I watch really it? good. Yeah, I'm, I, one thing about me, I'm really a sucker for anytime TV is like, it's like they're doing Lord of the Flies, but with like blank. For some reason, I think it always makes great TV. Um, Lord of the Flies, but with podcasters. <laughs> um, I would watch it, um, but I think it's very good. I think- it's very spooky and fun in terms of comparing it to like other Lord of the Flies-esque media. The, I watched The Wilds last year. That was last year's Lord of the Flies, but with girls. Um, that had better care, like more fleshed out characters and the society has better like fleshed out relationships that we could root for. R.I.P. R.I.P. Chris! Um, but this one's very like pretty to look at and like visually cool and like the plot is interesting and it's pretty spooky it's got some good spooks there's definitely like a ghost there's one girl who's like maybe psychic and I'm really digging it there's like real lesbians in it um but there's also as any like oh all these girls are stranded alone in the wilderness and it's just them there's some homoerotic tension between (laughs) like the one of the main girls and like her best friend because she slept with this best friend's boyfriend and is pregnant with her best friend's boyfriend's baby and they're stranded in the wilderness and there's like a monster hunting them, like a ghost or something. Are they going to have um, to raise the baby? Who knows? Oh my God. I'm always suspicious of any like show with a lot of women or like like patented diversity that's being like advertised to me a lot on social media. Like I feel like I'm letting someone win by watching that. <laughs> so I've been suspicious of Yellow Jackets. I've been like, I... I can't give in to like big ads by watching this show, but if you say it's good, I will definitely check it yeah, out. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. All right, that's it from us. I'm going to go drink some water because it's very hot in this room. Yeah. All right. Peace out. See you next time. <laughs>